need to run. Three, two, one. Health, wealth, and everything else. In December, I actually walked out my job. Every second I'm here, some my energy is being spent on someone else's dream. An entrepreneur is someone who will use all the resources where most normal people would save it, would put it away. Listen, if you really want to do something, you will do it. If you're looking for an excuse, you'll find an excuse. It's that simple. Three, two, one, and we are live. This episode of Health, Wealth, and Everything Else today, I've got an incredible man, James Anderson, who I'm lucky enough to be able to call a friend. James, I don't know where to start. James is uh, currently attempting, amongst the many other things that he's done, he's currently attempting to break the world record for the most press-ups in an hour. So what I'd really like to do is tap into a bit of what's going on in between his ears, really. But first and foremost, let's kick it off. James, what I'm, what I'm wondering right now is, what did you have for breakfast? What does a man like yourself has, have for breakfast today? Well, first of all, uh, thanks for having me on board. I think the last time uh, we, were, we, were, we spoke and we were together, we were uh, in the, the midst of, of, of health, <laughs> you know? So it's good to celebrate your last birthday and a great experience that that was. Yeah, um, actually, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure we were we were doing Krav Maga on my birthday and fighting each other. Yeah. But um, but you so, were gentle uh, with me, you, cause you did actually, yeah. I mean, it's not even on my list of things, but you got a, some some sort of history with BJJ, right? Yeah, or yeah, I, I done that. Really yeah, I done I done all that jujitsu, done like a bit of MMA. Um, I I enjoy doing that. Uh, anything which kind of tests me. But I suppose in answer to your your original question as to what I have for breakfast, like. <laughs> I usually um, just wake up and have. I'm a quite simple man. You know, I have porridge. Porridge yeah. for me is a underrated breakfast. It's simple. It keeps me going for a few hours until I uh, I have some crazy ideas to you know, to do some some horrible things to my body. <laughs> it's funny enough. Actually, I have this. I have the same underrated breakfast: 50 grams of porridge with water, five blueberries, yeah. and a dash of cinnamon. Um, that was good. <laughs> so I've got, I've got obviously a massive list of achievements. I'm going to try and do them in some sort of chronological order, just to give the the listeners an idea of, of who you are and what you're about. So yeah, I mean, how old are you now? I'm 25 now. You're 25. So you're still you're still quite young compared to me, at least. Yeah. But at the age of 20, you you ran to yeah. Rome, right? Is yeah. That... So me, me and my my friend and business partner uh, Max, we. We decided to. We were in university, and um, we we've always had. You know, the, we went traveling together, and we had this kind of crazy idea. We wanted to do something really epic, and we're always known for being people who had wild ideas but never really completed them. That's just who we were, like in terms of our personalities. We we're quite like kind of dreamers. We really dream, we dreamt a lot, and um, we we traveled. And then the run to Rome was kind of a a brainchild of our desire to do something really epic and um, prove to legions of, of, of people who, who kind of didn't think we were going to amount to a huge amount really in, in life that we could do something. So we, we trained really hard for it. We trained for seven months 
Uh, we saved all our money up. Um, we had no real, no real structure to the event. We were just kids, really. We didn't have a huge amount of money either. But what kind of compelled us to do the run was just this um, kind of desire to prove people wrong and to prove to ourselves that if you apply your mind to something and if you work diligently, you can achieve anything you want. And uh, that was perfectly executed. Well, it wasn't perfectly executed. There was lots of bumps <laughs> along the way. There was all kinds of, of stuff. But it was the hardest two months of my life, and we were completely alone. We just pushed a buggy across Europe. We slept rough. We had to, you know, we lost a lot of weight. Um, it was it was crazy. And, and people always say to me, oh, yeah, how do I know you ran to Rome? You know, you could have just got the Eurostar to Paris. You could have relaxed. You could have got the, you know, the train down to Genoa. But it was about us, you know. No, no one was going to see us. It, it was about me. So it, it, it made no sense for me to even consider that. So it was a real pilgrimage of the mind, of the body as well. And I came back from that. And um, I just kind of that set me on the on the on the on the route really on on the, my journey of doing these really extreme fitness events and um, to try and further my own and get to know myself. You know, it's kind of a really extreme form of meditation in some way. Yeah, I, that's that that's mega cool. Just to clarify, um, the run to Rome. Where did you start? Because once I ran to the Golden Gate Bridge, but my hotel was pretty much yeah. two miles around the corner, so it wasn't as epic. Uh, where did you actually, what was your start point? Yeah, yeah. So the, it was a pilgrimage with the Via Francigena, which we were doing very roughly. We started in Canterbury, mm -hmm. and we didn't run across the water, the channel. Everyone's like, well, how did you cross the channel? Uh, we were on the ferry, and we went, we went down uh, literally through France um, to the uh, Swiss, Franco-Swiss border, and we went across the Swiss out, well, the, the French out to begin with, into Switzerland, down to uh, Lausanne, which is a lovely, lovely, uh, a lovely city. Uh, unfortunately, ran into some trouble with the law there, oh. um, which wasn't the best. You know, I was very thirsty, and I uh, unfortunately uh, got in trouble uh, for for acquiring an innocent smoothie um, without <laughs> paying for one. So uh, that was so, fun. So what you're uh, saying is you nicked a drink? <laughs> yeah, nicked a drink. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't in the right state of mind then. Um, <laughs> Then we went through uh, into Italy uh, to Genoa, and then um, from Genoa down to like Livorno, Vespezia uh, down the Italian coast, and then uh, finished up in Rome. Nice, nice. Yeah. What would you say? I mean, it's a tough question to ask. I don't want to put you on the spot. Which place would you say you enjoyed the most? I won't say which, which place was the nicest. Which place did you enjoy the most? Uh, I'd say I enjoyed Switzerland the most. I think the Alps are beautiful. It's a lovely country. Uh, the, the scenery was absolutely <clears throat> outstanding, and uh, yeah, I, I just liked France the most. Um, didn't like France at all, really. Um, I, I very much like Switzerland. It's a wonderful country, and I want to want to go back there. Italy was nice as well, but it was just so hot that mm. uh, I have just memories of me just wilting in the heat and just longing for the pain. <laughs> then, so uh, yeah. Yeah, but what would you say to somebody who was thinking of doing the same thing? I'd say the, the one thing I learned from doing that is just to go ahead and do it. I think we've got into a, an idea, especially when it comes to these ultras, of kind of planning. And this event was so mental that if you planned it, you wouldn't do it because you sit mm. there and go, this is completely mental. I've never ran before. Uh, I don't have enough money. How am I going to do it? 
I really think people, if you want to do like a crazy run and event, I think everyone should do something like that. Um, especially if you're a young person, some kind of pilgrimage, some kind of um, long expedition to discover your own limits, just go ahead and do it. Just say, I'm going to do it. Make a statement to the world saying, I'm going to do this challenge. Make, put pressure on yourself to get this stuff done. Um, either do it for charity as well. That's a good incentive. But you learn through sometimes just jumping in the, in the lake and getting cold, you know, getting that, that shock of having to do something. You'd adapt, you'll, you'll think, and you'll kind of snap to start firing and you have to hustle, you have to make it work. So that's what I think, taking the plunge, just, just go ahead and, and do it. If you want to do some crazy bike ride, say, you know what, I'm going to do a crazy bike ride. It's going to be absolutely mental. I'm going to raise money for charity and uh, put yourself under some pressure. That's what I'd say. And, and get, get away from the keyboard and get out there and start kind of training. Yeah, that's absolutely absolutely solid advice it's it's because it's not about the running for you is it because it's not just running that you've done i mean i've got down that you did a, a run walk marathon submerged in the sea carrying 25 kilograms of weight as you do but there's a lot of yeah. other um yeah. generally fitness but you've got a world record for for kettlebells for example but tell me we'll come on to that but tell me a bit about the the run walk marathon i'm guessing it was meant to be a run marathon right initially uh, yeah, right? so uh, I got the idea. I was in Switzerland. I spoke to some guy in Switzerland. And he said that there was a you know challenge which it may or may have not actually existed, but the uh, <laughs> Israeli um, special forces did. Um, and it, we we know all about those guys having spent a few days of them. We did spend uh, a few and, days of uh, them. Uh, yeah, uh, we uh, essentially was a forty-kilometer um, kind of like marathon, um, but you're submerged. Uh, in the in the ocean up to like 40 inches uh, centimeters, so you're kind of up just above up below your calves, and you're carrying 40 pounds, and you've got to cover the distance through the ocean. And I live by Portsmouth, and I thought, you know, I'm going to do it. I mean, to be honest with you, there, there was there, there is an element of me, obviously, you know, having you know, you know, obviously us meet, meeting through the TV show. Of course, I do have a bit of kind of stage. I am quite uh, an outgoing person. But this, these events really aren't the most attractive to, to, uh, to watch. They're yeah. very, very boring. Um, so the actual compulsion for me to this event was really, really just to test myself again, just get back in there, get myself training, discipline myself. And yeah, unfortunately, because uh, Portsmouth isn't, isn't really uh, the Bahamas, it's very, very rocky. I split my shoe. Uh, I was wearing a wetsuit. I split the, the sole of my shoe. So I was walking with my, my own body weight plus 25 uh, so, you know, 20, 25 uh, uh, kilos of, of, of added weight. So I was kind of walking with the stones through the water and I couldn't run. I had to just kind of like stagger for eight hours, seven, eight hours, just like in agony during this event. And my dad went along and he was like, why? Why are you doing this, son? Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? It makes no sense. And a lot of my friends questioned my sanity, um, you know, but... I did it, and uh, it's on YouTube. The videos on YouTube, so listeners can check out the documentary. And um, yeah, I just thought I know, just just wanted to give it a go. I did it. So what would they type yeah. in to to pick that up on YouTube? What did they type in? I uh, just type in 40, uh, 40, 40, 40 challenge. So forty followed by like a uh, wouldn't be like a hyphen forty hyphen forty hyphen challenge, and then James Sayed Anderson. 
and then you should get something up so people can watch it they want to watch it i'll throw some links up as well on the on the underneath this podcast so guys you want to check out some some i'm sure there's a few videos yeah uh check out and, and to see obviously your name in the guinness book of of, of records world records uh this is a bit of an epic one 21 hours you did a 18,000 meter stair climb yes so that was for a local charity uh for a girl called evie shears who had a, a birth um uh, disorder mm-hmm. and i wanted to do something kind of local rather than i do stuff for water race so you know i used to live in a, a student block it was about 55 meters high um give or take and i decided to do like a, a 200 times um up 200 times down so like 400 times overall just going up and down the stairs up and down the stairs and that was just really yeah to raise some money for charity and just really just to kind of um again another challenge so that was a long that was the most i think the most for me most psychologically demanding test because i could only see i was just in the same environment so long mm. and i couldn't eat and i was just in the same seeing the same stairs up and down up and down up and down but it really taught me about you know now whenever i get kind of um whenever I get kind of restless and stuff, I try and think back to that time and try and think that uh, I just try and settle my mind because I had to do that for the event because I, I, the more I resisted the situation I was in, the, the more bored I became, if you see my point. So yeah. uh, that was a very good mental exercise for myself. It was very much kind of like a real uh, forced kind of active meditation, which yeah. was really nice. To do. Well, it wasn't nice at the time, but... It helped me out a lot in terms of my mental um, kind of uh, arsenal. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because it's sort of meditation, a lot of it is about not resisting the thoughts, not trying to push the yeah. thoughts out, isn't it? It's sort of a, almost accepting and just letting them calm, that, yeah. calm down on the right. Do you meditate aside from training? Is that something that you practice? Uh, well, my training is a meditation, so I, I, I get a lot of healing through doing it. And that's when people think, oh, why have you put himself in this pain? It's not because I like pain. In fact, I I don't like the pain. I, I don't like the pain. The press up, you know, the, the, the one that changes it is very painful. But what the reason why I do it is because it kind of uh, it it gives me a uh, an experience of overcoming adversity, uh, you know, weekly basis. So I'm constantly challenging myself, and it and it reorientates my my kind of my psyche. And um, it's really important, I think, for people to to challenge themselves, whether it's in what I do or whether it's something else, is to really um, give yourself demanding things to reach. You're not always going to reach them, but I think the exercise in itself is is really important for your mind. And I like to think of, it's like a mental sparring. So, you know, I do these challenges, I experience failure, I experience multiple failures, I experience times where people don't really believe in what I'm doing. Um, they don't see my vision um, for, for what I'm trying to accomplish. But all these lessons I learn, I can apply to real life. So when I have situations where, you know, stuff gets painful or I'm really bored or I experience failure in real life, I know that through the events I've done, I'm already prepared for it mentally because I've already done the sparring through the challenges. Mm. So when I actually encounter a real problem, I'm more relaxed about it. You know, whereas if you don't do stuff like that in everyday life, when you have a problem, it just comes and it always does come you're going to freak out because you haven't had the the sparring, the practice of overcoming uh, difficult goals and objectives through your training. And that's just, I mean, you don't have to physically train. You can do something else. You can, you can be a performer, whatever it is, but yeah. So it is, it is a form of meditation in in, in some way. I I totally agree. I can relate to that. And I, I, I 
practice pretty much the same the same sort of um, mind mind games on myself, almost the strength. I, I say to my friends all the time when we're training, like, we're not just training our body here right now, we're training our minds, so don't give up here, don't give up here, you'll give up anywhere. Very, very similar <clears throat> sort of stuff. It's interesting to hear it from, from somebody yeah. else. Um, yeah. But it's a shame, I, it turns out I didn't make it up then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever given up? Uh, and, I mean, in what sense? Have you done a challenge? Have you ever sort of started a challenge and got halfway and thought, do you know what, actually, um, I don't fancy this. I mean, not have you, have you sort of, I know you attempt records and, and if it's in a time frame, you don't make the time frame, but you come back and do it. Have you ever sort of got halfway through a challenge just, do you know what, I, I can't do it? Nah, like, that's me. I, I never surrender. Like, that's my thing. <laughs> okay. I never surrender, man. I will never, I will never yield. I'll, I'll retreat. I will, I will go back. And that's the thing. The difference between retreating and surrendering. Yeah. Like, retreating, you have to retreat. Tactical retreat. You make decisions which are wrong. You're not prepared. Like, that's fine. Like, I'm all for retreating occasionally. It's very, very... It's, in fact, it can be advantageous to retreat. Mm. You know, for the world record, I just was too tired. I couldn't physically do it. But, no, I will not surrender because it's part of my purpose. Like, I've said, I don't move on from a challenge until I've done it. And if I'm on this challenge for the rest of my life, then that's it. I'll be on a challenge the rest of my life. I'll never stop doing press-up. I'll always do it. I'll have one person come along. I'll do it until no one comes along. It's just me. And it's just me alone. And people will think, oh, why is he so stubborn? It's because this is what I intend to do. And I think today we give up so quickly on things. We experience a little bit of, of tension and we give up. Because, oh, no, I can't do it. I'll give up. No, you've got to... If you want something like a world record, it's a world record for a reason because people <laughs> want it. It's a, it's rare, and then if you want that gift, you've got to, you've got to work it and you've got to experience setbacks all the time. And so I think to myself, whenever I feel like giving up or or, or, or kind of like not doing a world record, doing something easier, I think to myself, this is the point when other people quit. This is the point when lots of other people who were doing what I'm doing would say, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. So yeah, in answer to your question, I will never surrender in terms of my of my goals, and that's what keeps me going every day. Because that's you know that's if a man doesn't have goals, if he doesn't have an objective, then I think he becomes very unhappy. So that's why I I have my goals and I cherish them and I and I work towards them and I always have something to work towards and uh, yeah, that's my that's my kind of my philosophy, I suppose, if you could sum it up. Yeah, and it's interesting because obviously so, so it kind of brings on nicely or naturally onto the press up, the press up challenge that you're doing. So to clarify, if I'm right, you're attempting to break the world record for the most press ups in an hour, and that yeah. record. Uh, I mean, you've had two attempts already. So is it fair to say those that, that two missed attempts? But I can see they're progressing. Is it fair to say are they examples of retreat? Then you're coming back to the drawing board, put more work in. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Retreat. You know, I I I made mistakes. On this one, on the first time, I made mistakes on the second attempt. Um, I'll try again for the third attempt. I may, make, I may make a mistake there, but I'll keep trying. You know, I can try a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth attempt. Mm. There's many times for me to try. I'll try. I, I, I've got, I've got my whole life to try for this. So I'm going to go back and try again. But the, part of the reason why I do it is really, like I said, it's, it's, um, it's a mental exercise in my mind, and also hopefully it kind of helps other people. It kind of brings into real life the very real challenges people face every day in business, uh, whether it's you know in, in your career, in, in your family life, experiencing 
problems and sometimes not overcoming those problems straight away. Uh, you know, like I said before, I think we've got into a bit of a culture now of instant success, instantaneous results, where the reality is uh, if you want something and it's, it, it's a lofty goal, then be prepared to experience lots of failure, lots of pain, lots of suffering. Mm. But uh, that, that's what you need to, and, and in my opinion, if you're not willing to go through that, then it's not a goal which you haven't really set yourself a goal which is true to your purpose. Because if you go against a true purpose, then in my mind, there's no point waking up in the morning. So yeah, I've made mistakes with the press up. I make mistakes all the time. I'm still always learning. But um, I enjoy the journey as much as anything else. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely journey to go on to see myself grow physically and kind of mentally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. I mean, I, feel, I mean, my my thought is if you don't, if you're not willing to put in the work, you don't deserve the record anyway. And like you say, we are in this exactly. culture. I think people look on sometimes. They see somebody with a press up world record, and but they don't see the press ups they did at home. They see the they see the one hour when they're doing them, right? And they don't see the work that's gone in behind. Behind closed doors. Exactly. Give us some figures. Put in perspective for us. How many press ups? I mean, because there's a lot of people probably listening and wondering now. How? What is the current world record for press ups in an hour? Uh, so the current record is 2,220 uh, reps of the press ups. So, and that's kind of down to like you know, 90 degrees of the elbows. Obviously, you're not military press. So the military press is like arms tucked in. This is a wider arm press up. So it is an easier press up. Um, you know, lots of people can do quite a lot of these press-ups, but uh, it's really the muscular endurance mm. which gets in. So it's 38 a minute on average for an hour. And again, it doesn't sound a lot, you know, oh, 38 press-ups, that's, that's fine. I can do 38 press-ups. Yeah, you can do 38 press-ups once. You can do it twice. You can do it three times. You can do it four times. You can do it five. You can do it six. And when you get to seven or eight minutes, the lactic acid in your in your body starts to build up and, and, and your core starts to shake because you're you're bit, effectively been in, the, in a plank for half that time yeah so you know that it, it builds up the pain builds up the pain builds up i feel the pain as much as anyone else if you come to the world record people come to the world record you know I, i'm in agony doing the world record it's the agonizing thing like i'm in real pain it's one of the most agonizing events i've ever done um so it really is a painful Record and the reason why I'm doing it is because I think it's one of the hardest records to do in the in the Guinness World Records. Yeah. I ch I choose the hardest ones. There's plenty of I could just do an easier one, but I'm choosing the hardest world record to do. I'm choosing the most painful world record to do, um, and that's that's the way I live. And if I you know that's what I want my legacy to be. Like at least he at least he tried. You know at least he's out there trying to do something really hard um, rather than just sitting there. Because the fitness industry, I'm sure you know. It's full of it's full of charlatans, man. It's full of people who who don't actually go out there and and, and do this stuff. And I, I'm sick of it. You know, I'm sick of seeing the industry being and people being exploited by people who don't actually dedicate themselves to fitness, who don't live a healthy life in in mind and body. And um, it's, it's it's time I think that the, the industry and and people like you, people like me, who actually you know are invested in know their stuff. Um, do stuff and, and, and put out a positive message uh, to, the, to, to the average person uh, to try and siphon them away from the, the amount of, of, of rubbish which is out there. So that's kind of, you know, my thinking in doing these events as well. So there's quite a few motivations to me in terms of how and why I do it. Yeah, I mean, strong, like you said, purpose, strong purpose, and that's obviously going to get you up and get you going in the morning. So what are yeah. your, I mean, your first attempt, your second attempt, what numbers did you hit? So the first attempt was on 1,800. 
And second attempt was under 2,100. But I'd say realistically, it was more like 2,000 because quite a few of the press-ups, they didn't count. So, you know, not only do I have to think about the actual frequency, I have to think about the technique. Yeah. So the, the, the yeah, so I, I'd say, you know, about 2,000 and 1,800. So I have to make up about 220. But as I'm sure you're aware, you only really have quite a small window to do that amount, you know. So now I can't really do that because it's more mental. We have to get in the mental rhythm. Right, okay, now I'm going up and going up and going up and going up. Bang, doing a record. Then I go down again. I have to do it up. So it mm. takes a long time. People are like, oh, James, mate, just do, do a record again. Just do, it <laughs> week, mate. just do it do it twice in one week. You can do it and then you're done. Like, mate, it's not a long way. I need, I need to, I build up to my record. I tie them off. I build up to it. I do it. I don't make it. I have to build up again. I have to train again uh, yeah. to avoid injury. So, yeah, for those that people that, that are pushing me to do a record all the time, <laughs> do a record one more time. You know, I respond to them and say, you know, give me some time. And I will do it. But it takes a lot of time, a lot of sacrifice. I don't drink. I don't touch any drugs for months. I live very clean. I don't go out. I, I do my press ups. I've got some really great people around me. Uh, like I said, uh, so Amy Madden, who helps me out a lot with the um, psychological stuff. So, uh, yeah, some good little team around me as well. So, you know, it takes a lot of sacrifice, you know, a lot of yeah. pain. Yeah. A lot, a lot of. How, how I mean, it's, how, how do you stagger? I've got a couple of questions. I'm just super intrigued now. How do you stagger it? Do you aim for that 38 a minute? Do you try and keep that pattern? And if you do, when does it start? <clears> uh, so, yeah, what I do is I start off with, I'm revealing my strategy now. So, you know, everyone take note. Well, don't uh, worry, you, I, 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 I will not be doing 2,000 press ups anytime soon. <laughs> so, uh, I start off with 45 per minute mm-hmm. for the first 10 minutes, okay? I allow myself about 20 seconds rest per minute. So I do the press up, have 20 seconds off. Clock goes down, do them again. 45 per minute, 45 per minute. And the second 10 minutes go down to 38. And you do 38 for 20 minutes. Then after the half an hour mark, I start to drop down to 36 per minute, 34, then 32. Then I should be over the record. And the thing is, it's very, very, there's a lot going on. It's not just doing press ups. So you've got to think every minute, you can't miss your. Every time you miss a press up, the second minute you've got to do more. Mm. So like if you if you do 34, you now got to think, right, I've got to do 42 in the in the next minute, and that gives you less time to recover. So it's very very there's a lot going on. Like people don't really see in my mind. I'm trying to do lots of things at once. I'm trying to make sure I do the press ups. Also the recovery, I have that very short window to recover. Do I take in caffeine? Do I take in just straight water? Um, do I have an energy bar? That these are things I've got to think about. Uh, not to mention thinking about where I'm at in terms of my numbers, how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll drop below 38 and get some time back and do a big one. If I'm pushing well, I'll keep going to 42. Then that means I only have to do 34 per minute. So it's very, very tactical. I do have a, a strategy as to how I approach this because just saying doing 2,000 press-ups, willy-nilly, is, 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 is crazy. You've got a plan. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The, the record, the, the real skill is the recovery, is, is reducing your recovery time. That's where the, you know, my skill comes in. It's it, it, it get our body in a situation where it can just recover rapid fire very, very quickly. It's not really a strength thing. It's more of a muscular endurance activity, this whole kind of uh, world record. What would you say to somebody who sort of, uh, you mentioned earlier, but um, you sort of average person. 
would you say to somebody who's, who's getting into fitness and what would your advice be? I know it's a big question, but it's intentionally a big yeah. question. I, I would say that my biggest advice is to find someone in your, you know, who, who, who looks good, mm. you know? It's really baffled me with fitness. It <laughs> should be the most obvious thing when you see someone who's a charlatan because that person doesn't look good. Yeah. If I see someone, you know, if I see a car dealer who's a charlatan, he, I, I task me to understand whether he's a charlatan because the car might be, I don't know until I get the car. Yeah. But with fitness, if I see someone, you don't have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. You, you know, if you're in shape, I'll ask, go to that person and say, what do you, what do, you do? I, you know, what, what kind of stuff do you do? There's a million and one things out there on the internet. Your mind will explode if you go on the web. Look at someone in your life who, who's fit. And then talk to that person, find out what they do, and then from that person's advice, do your own research and find out what you like to do. And then from there, build your own program up. And if you want to get a personal trainer, get it. But I'd say also, set yourself a goal. You need to have something to work towards, a race of some kind, because human beings, without that pressure, I think we just kind of lull. We just relax. You need that, ah, I've got to train today because I've got a race coming up. I've got to train because I need to lose three kilos in a few weeks. Have that objective in your mind. So have someone around you because you're some of the five people you hang around with. That's what I believe. So find, if you want to be fit, if all your friends are, you know, are overweight, obese, <laughs> eating like crap, then it's going to be really hard for you to get in that shape. But find people who are, who are on that positive journey to get in shape. And don't worry about your diet too much to start with. Just get out, just get out there walking, get out there training. I think the diet comes as a byproduct of, of living of fitness. When you're when you're training, you will naturally start eating better because you want to perform better. Mm. So the fad diets, get rid of them. Read as well and, and engage your mind. Like the mind is such a powerful tool. People don't really realise training is half physical, half mental. So you need to work on your mental state of mind in order to give you the motivation to be able to train. So there's lots of factors you need to take on board. Uh, the worst advice just going out there buying someone's fitness plan in 21 days and then going by that that's the worst thing yeah yes yeah, so I mean yes yeah, so much in there to, to pick up on you mentioned about personal trainers I always say to people don't hire a fat personal trainer you know yeah as much as much as, as, much as I'm, you can't yeah. say that but it's true um, because you're wearing the proof right you're wearing the proof if you if you're not congruent you're not you're not doing it then why would why would I buy that from you uh, and okay, yeah, and, and and the diet side of it, I guess really you're saying build it, build the training into being a habit or becoming a part of you. And, and yeah, it is one. I think when you're in a good routine, you don't you don't want to pick up the chips because you know how long you spent on the treadmill. And and it's interesting yeah, I mean, you mentioned as well the the mental side of it, which is often overlooked because I talk to people about say losing weight, for example, and people yeah. are, are, are obviously work more from a mindset side of things um, than than always just the physical. Uh, and people say, right, I, I want to lose weight because then I could be happy. And I say, well, actually, no, you need to be happy in order to lose weight. You need to start from that exactly. that point where you're you're feeling good, so you go to the gym. You're feeling good, so you can sustain a, a program or a, or a or a habit or a new routine. And and walking as well. Do you walk yourself then? Because you mentioned walking. Yeah, I mean, I walk a lot. I don't have a car. I live in London. <laughs> I don't really own a car, so I have to walk. I walk everywhere. Like my mind's a bit rotted from the run to Rome, so. You know, I walk home from nights out. I've walked home from central London before, back to mine. I live in sort of south London, sort of about 10 miles. Sometimes I do that. It takes me many hours, many hours through the night. But I, I enjoy the experience sometimes. I'm just a bit of a weird guy. 
Um, so yeah, walking, I love walking. Yeah. I enjoy it very much. Yeah, same as me. I mean, I, I walk literally uh, one hour every single morning, relentlessly, seven yeah. days a week. If I don't get it, it, it would throw me off totally. And, and I just find it, as much as it wastes the body, it wakes up the mind. And, uh, so true. I was in San Francisco that- last week and, the, and my body clock was totally out because of the jet lag. And I kept waking up at yeah. sort of 2 a.m. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for my walk now. If you're yeah. listening, I don't recommend it. Around San Francisco at 2 in the morning. <laughs> It, yeah, yeah. it didn't feel like my safest of walks, but, but on the whole walk, but I feel I find it really helps. It gets the brain going. Yeah, like when you walk, I feel like you your mind starts to think so much better when you're sitting down. Mm-hmm. Like something activates. I don't know what it is, but it's really, really like if people don't do it, it's a really simple thing. Just go go out for a walk, and like because it really does, it gets my mind going. Like if I if I I feel like if you stagnate, if you're sitting down all day in a computer, your mind. The same, the same memories just kind of stagnating mm. around you. The same environment, it's just kind of a toxic environment. You get up and go for a walk, that all blushes away, and uh, you feel better. And that's one more thing I want to touch on. Like, I think when people feel bad, when they feel really bad, they, they try and look for something to try and make them feel better. So they try and like watch TV, mm. or they try and like um, play a game. But I think we forget that we're also the physical body contributes to our happiness. Mm. So if you go for a walk you're walking, you're releasing endorphins, and you, I promise you'll feel, you'll definitely feel incrementally a bit better than if you were just sitting down in, in your house in a bit of a rut, mm. you know? Yeah, and even just the change of environment, but absolutely, I just think the fact that it just wakes, it just wakes you, it gets you think. Do you, when you're walking, do you, do you keep it mute, like sound free? Do you have music, do you have audio, do you mix it up? Um, well, I'm a big fan of music for training. I think, I think, tra- I think music puts you in the right mindset Particularly certain music, certain types of you know, if, if you're training for an event, have a particular playlist played out on an event, it, it G's you up. But I'm also a fan of just silent walking in silence, you know, uh, getting used to those memories, getting used to your mind, um, the way and, and, and understanding who you are and realizing that your thoughts are complete. I sound a bit like uh, Eckhart Tolle at the moment, but, <laughs> that I, but no, I just really, yeah, coming to terms with your thoughts and realizing they're just kind of streams, you know, they're not. They just come and go. They just come and go. And when you feel rubbish, that will go. When you feel really great, that's going to go as well. Um, but just getting out there, and that's why I do the challenges as well, because one of the reasons I do it, I get in this kind of, it's kind of like the zone. You know, the, when people are playing tennis, they're in the zone. When they're playing a pool game, they're really engaged, they're in the zone, and they're completely in a present moment. They're, just, they're not thinking about, oh, I had a bad day yesterday in the future. Oh, what's going to happen to me next week at work? They're just in this moment. And when I do my events, when I'm training really hard, I'm just in the moment. I'm not thinking about anything else apart from getting through that next couple of minutes. It's just complete presence. And that, it, feels, it feels good. Afterwards, I feel so refreshed. Um, you know, it's like I've just kind of, it's, it really is a, a nice feeling to be outside of that kind of cycle for, for a few minutes every yeah. day. Yeah. I had, um, I mean, I, I did an event once in, in Spain and... I'm not sure if you've had this. I've asked a few people, and a couple of people can relate, a couple of people can't, but I feel like you possibly may, just based on the fact that you've pushed yourself to these extremes. I had a feeling very deep into the event. I was in a really painful place, and it was like a euphoria. It's the only way I could describe it, and it made me want to cry. It's the only time I've really wanted to cry. Um, I don't know if I was hypoxic. I don't know what was going on, but it just tingling sort of, 
feeling and just felt amazing to the point where I just wanted to cry. Still running, yeah, and, uh, and suffering. Yeah. But I don't know if you ever have you ever had anything. I, like I, that? I feel you. I, no, I, I get it. No, I know exactly what you mean. Like, uh, it's like almost you come, you bottom off feeling so bad, it becomes really amazing. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You feel you feel so rough. You kind of come out the other end. And I, I have like mania sometimes. Where I'm hysterically laughing to myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm realizing this is so ridiculous. Like it's so it's like it's hilarious. And what yeah. am I doing here? Like even when we're on that TV show, I have moments where I was like, this is completely ridiculous. <laughs> like you know what what have I signed up for? This is so ridiculous. Um, where I have hysteric moments um, of mania almost, which is which which comes across during the ultras. Yeah. Um, but I also find that a lot of um, like people who are MMA fighters and you know, that's why I like hanging around with, you know, meeting on doing the TV show, meeting people like you and, and I was like Danny and like really kind of guys who really do this ultra stuff. Uh, it kind of, it really helps keep your ego in check. Mm. You know, I think it, it gives you a sense of who you are and you don't think you get kind of the same, um, with these really hard sports, I, I don't get the same bravado and, and kind of um, an assumption that, this kind of sport will have loads of ego, loads of testosterone, loads of look at me. It's very different, and I think it's because you're doing such hard stuff, you kind of realise actually, wait, I'm not that, I'm not that great, you know, I'm not that significant, you know. Yeah, it was. In, I mean, you mentioned the show. It's interesting, I think, as well, just how um, people that you probably from externally they're expecting everybody to be in this fierce like you said bravado this fierce competition with one another actually bond so well under that suffering yeah. and and join up and yeah. and form serious um close, close and tight and tight and real yeah. real bonds with one another it's it's, it's absolutely yeah. fascinating uh what would, what would you say speaking of the show then so obviously you're on um bbc 2's special forces ultimate hell week what would you say was the hardest yeah. part of that show for you well, I mean, obviously I got lost, um, so that was unfortunate. I mean, as a, as a touch at that point, you know, I was quite disappointed. I think in terms of um, you know me getting lost, and obviously, um, and Lee as well, who is a really strong guy, um, getting booted for that. Um, and obviously, there's a bit of entertainment value, and also when you got booted as well, I think it was silly. Um, the the re there was a few things there where I was kind of questioning the actual integrity of of, of how they're defining who stays and who goes. Mm. That's beside the point. Um, I, I'd say that the hardest point for me was stretch carry. I really struggled with that because I don't know what it was. I, I found that, I don't know what you found the hardest, but I, I found that was the hardest for me. I mean, I was, yeah, I mean. Absolutely, <laughs> I, 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 absolutely I, I, brutal, brutal. Yeah, yeah, it was horrendous. But yeah. I, I could imagine for you, was it, was it for you, was it the Russian thing? That, that looked absolutely horrendous. Um, no, the Australian, if, just if I'm totally honest, uh, the Russian thing wasn't that bad at all, and I think that was part of the problem. What put the nail on the coffin for me because I didn't suffer that much. I think it probably disgruntled him a little yeah. bit. It was sort of my, yeah. it was my field. It was about fear. It was about um, getting into our head, and and that's a place that if you if you don't knock and I don't welcome you in, you you can't come in. Uh, so I think I, I was quite resilient, and it didn't. Not not ego, but just resilient to, to and and didn't didn't suffer in the way they they wanted me to. And as you say, there's other there's other variables, other factors. It's it's, it's not necessarily um, uh, judged in in the way a normal competition would be. It's television, but we we sign forms, we accept that, we know that. Um, <laughs> I'm not bitter. 
Uh, I, what would you say? I mean, you've done so many. I've not, I've not even touched on the kettlebell. We'll come to the kettlebell world record in a minute. But what would you say is the hardest thing you've ever done? I mean, the run to Rome was the hardest. Uh, obviously, it was so long. That was hard. I mean, I had some real lows there. It was good doing it. With my, obviously, you know, my, my best friend as well, um, business partner. Um, we had some real lows. I had moments where I was on the edge in terms of I was, I was crying and stuff. I was, like, really in, not in a good way. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had one time in northern France. It was about six or seven days into the run. We just had a, a massive thunderstorm. We couldn't sleep because the thunderstorm was just raging. We couldn't set anything up. We had to, like, make some improvised tent uh, in, a, in a barn. I didn't get any sleep that day. I just ran a marathon the day before that. The next day, I had to run 20 more miles. So it was a long day of running. And I was just, I had no, we had no food. We only had these energy bars, these energy gels to eat. These multi-power, these, 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 great company. Um, you know, thank you, multi-power. Great energy bars. <laughs> other other brands are available. But once ha- <laughs> yeah, once you, yeah, once, once you've had them, for a week, you get sick of them. So I remember having this bar, it was Coke flavor, I was like, ah, ah, it was horrible. And then I just had a couple more, and I was on the way to Reims, and I was just walking, like shuddering, like really, really cold, really wet, and tired and hungry. And I just wanted to cry, and I actually started to cry. And then I turned around to see my, my friend Max, who done it, and he was just like, kind of staggering really kind of in a, in a daze. And we were, I looked at him and he just shook his head. And I, I shook my head and I was just like, he was like, are you all right? I was like, no, man, I'm not all right, man. I'm in a really bad way. And uh, we, yeah, we just asked some of the tears. And then obviously I had moments where I was okay and Max was really bad. So it's, it's weird. Like we never had a time where we were both at rock bottom, which is really good. We had times where I was lower than him, he was lower than me, we helped each other. And that's why teamwork is so important. That's why you know, in life, having friends and family support you is so, so important because you're going to have those moments where you, you need you need some support. That's so, right. uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of probably my lowest, lowest, hardest point. I think you hit the nail on your head because on the head because it's not training, is it, James? It is life. I know it's a run. I know it's a, a stair climb. I know it's a, a submerged marathon. I know it's press-ups, but it's not training. It's life, isn't it? Like you said, all of this yeah. stuff's almost like a big analogy uh, and you can just take these principles and straight away like you said the, the down to the teamwork the mindset the res, the, the the carrying on and, and just apply it straight away to you. i mean outside of, so outside in fact we haven't touched on it so outside of this uh, the, the crazy feats in the training what what do you do what's your typical day well I, i'm an entrepreneur now so uh, you know i i have, uh, I, I went off the grid in, in december i actually walked out my job Nice. I uh, had a Jerry Maguire moment. Yeah, I just walked <laughs> out. I was in this job. I was in the sales job. I was like, I was sitting there. I was like, man, every second I'm here, this is some my energy is being spent on someone else's dream. I know it sounds cliche, but it was dead time. You know, it was dead time. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't working me. So I just quit. And again, my friend Max, who I know run to Rome with, uh, he 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 was made redundant from his job. They're like, oh, we don't want you anymore. So we were like, you know what? This is madness. We both, we both work in sales. It's so turbulent sales, you know? You're constantly under pressure. We're like, let's just start our own business. Why, why, why are we kind of, why are we doing this? We, we ran to Rome. 
we can run to Rome, we can start a business. Um, so we, we both start, yeah, we both start, we, we just sell like, uh, we, we work in telephony space, we sell telecommunication devices. I also do personal training as well. I do lots of stuff. Um, I'm just, I, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm off the grid, you know, um, and it's not for everyone. <clears throat> um, and I'm sure to your listeners obviously know about you and stuff and what you do and I'm sure you advocate the same thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm much happier. It, it, again, the training helps. You have real moments of self-doubt uh, when, when you're on your own. You have mm. to motivate yourself. Um, but I feel the, the training I'm doing and the, and the lifestyle I'm trying to carve out myself in terms of business, they, they, they align very well. So you know, for now, I'm just going to keep doing the challenges and keep developing myself in terms of developing my business and then um, you know, uh, j- just see where I like see where I go from now. I mean, I want to definitely do a big charity event and, and really raise some good amount of charity. But yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. I, I, I do lots of things really. I do like, you know, lots of things. Mm. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I've, yeah. I find thing I think is really interesting is that you and your business partner, stroke best friend, to quote you, um, yeah. have done, have been through this sort of thing together. I can only imagine, the, 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 well, I can't in fact imagine the bond that you must have with each other. That, that's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. You mentioned you, you do sort of personal training. That's one of your, your uh, many things. Yeah, yeah. Where can people find yeah. you if somebody wants to train with James? Uh, well, I mean, the, the best thing is just add me on Facebook, uh, you know, or add me, uh, just give uh, James, I mean, I can send you a URL. I mean, I don't have like a website. The personal training isn't for me. It, it, it's, um, like I said, the fitness world, I love it and I love it. Um, <clears throat> I love fitness. I like the people involved, but I also loathe it because it's just so saturated with rubbish. Um, it's just filled to the brim with lies. It's just filled with charlatans. You will find in the fitness world a who's who's list of frauds. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I, I tend not to be too inclined as a typical kind of common because I, the way I train is hard. You know, if you train with me, I'm going to push you. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. I'll be on you. And I like to work with people who have that attitude because I like to see success. So, you know, it's a two-way street. I've turned down people for training before because they don't have the right mentality. And likewise, I know they wouldn't like me. But the best way to get in touch is add me on Facebook. Drop me a message. Say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm looking to get fit. I'll have a chat with you over Skype. And then I can come over. We can meet halfway, wherever, and I can... I can get a program sorted out, but yeah, um, the, the, the best way to get in touch with me would just be my Facebook, really. Cool, and it's James Anderson on Facebook. Uh, it's interesting you say, yeah, that some people, they have to have the right mindset to work with you. I know a lot of other guys who are sort of elite in their field like yourself, and, and I think when they're coaching, they find it very hard to train people sometimes if those people don't have that never give up mentality because it's not something no, yeah. that they understand. It's not something that you necessarily would understand. understand. Yeah. I, I'm not the best, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not the best coach in the world at fitness. I'm not the best. I'll, I'll put my hands up now and say, you know, I'm, not the, I'm not the world's greatest coach. I'm still developing myself. But I, I get results. But we have to be able to, I'm still developing myself in terms of my coaching ability to be able to adapt myself. But I'm just being straight with people that the way I teach is a certain method and it, it gets results. You get results. I promise you, you get results. But it's, it's going to be a slog. It's going to be painful. You're going to be pushed. And, um, yeah, I'll be on you. And I, I want success. I, I emotionally I have an emotional attachment to all the people I train. Mm. I emotionally want you to do well. You know, it's not like uh, you're, you're another quick buck for me. For example, I say, I say to some of my clients, 
you, you stay with me for three or four months, I teach you what I know, then you walk the path yourself, you know? I teach them everything I know. I teach them the kettlebell routines, I, I, I teach them how to program, I teach them how to, to eat well, and then when I see that they've developed, this one girl, she's been with me four months, she's reached the end. And I say to her, you know what? I've taught you what I know now. You're now training yourself. You can do this yourself. You don't need me anymore. And that's my aim. My aim is to actually, is to free you from, is to give you the tools to be able to uh, have fitness in your life as a habit forever and not have to rely on some on me, um, on coming to you every single week for, for years to, <laughs> to kind of give you the kick. Yeah, you know? yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it's almost like they give a man a fish. You know, you're, it's different between giving a man a workout, right, and, and teaching him exactly. um, or her how to yeah. how to train and sustain them, themselves. It's that's quite powerful. You don't yeah. obviously see it in the market so much because there's not so much money in there, but there's definitely a lot more yeah. morality in there. I'd say, I mean, and people, yeah. people ultimately want want the results, right? But uh, it's like you get you get someone sees yeah. a therapist for years and years and years. Someone sees a um, somebody else, a, a performance coach, or somebody who can snap them round in a few sessions and, and let them walk. I mean, like you said, free, freeing them was a beautiful term, freeing them from, from this stuff. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Um, you mentioned kettlebells. I've not mentioned the kettlebells. It's just that you've got such a massive list of things. Uh, you're, you've already got a world yeah. record in, in kettlebells. Tell, tell us quickly about that. Yeah, the kettlebell swing my record. Like I said, it's, it was just uh, the heaviest weightlifting in the hour with the kettlebell swing. Particularly, you know, I, I'm not too, I'm not that impressed with it. Like, I did it. It wasn't that high. I've raised it slightly. Uh, it's about 800 swings. Uh, but the, 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 the main problem is, is the actual method in itself is a very painful, it's a very painful method of the swing. Probably because Guinness, our ignorance, don't really know kettlebell sport. So the swing itself is very excruciating. It's almost a squat. So you almost have to squat and then swing. It's a horrible, I mean, you can look at it the way they ask, it, it's horrible. Um, so that's 12,000 kilos. <clears throat> had it for almost two years. Uh, <clears throat> again, people have said, oh, I'll be in it, or I'm going to be in it. But, you know, until the name changes, then just, you know, I'll, I'll see you. On the, on the record list, you know, people have said I've got 30,000 kilos and I've done it loads. Yeah, you may have done it, but just, just replace the record and then talk to me, you know. Mm. It's been there, I'm, I'm happy with it, you know, it's sitting comfortably, but <laughs> the press up world record for me is the real one. That's the one which is going to raise the game for yeah. me. That's, that's the big boy, so that's why I'm, I'm obsessed with it and I really, really, I, 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 I want it more than anyone else, you know. I just feel like it, it, it's destined to be mine at some point. Just need to, just need to do it. I have a strong feeling that you're right with the kettlebell one. Out of curiosity, if someone did beat that, if the name did change, would you come back for it? Would you, would you uh, claim your title back, or would you let probably, it go? What I probably do is organize like a kettlebell off. Oh, nice. When I get the, like some kind of one-on-one, -on -one, like swinging, like what? Well, but I don't want to. <clears throat> Listen, like it's just a, it's, like, again, it's an ego thing. It's just a title. Yeah. I'm happy. I've had it for two years. Whatever. I'm happy with it. You know, I, I just, just, yeah. I'll organise some kind of um, like a, to make things easier. Cause you know what I mean? Because then if you're going back and forth, like a yo-yo, send me the press up. Organise an evening where you both do the hour and you're like doing like a mad thing. You'd be like, Whoa, it'd be a com competitive sport almost. Mm. I organise that. Do it for charity. So if if someone comes on with the right attitude, 
Um, I'm all for a healthy bit of competition, man. I love competition. Um, but if some, if some guy from Azerbaijan beats it, who, who just randomly beats it, then obviously I'm not going to bother. Um, depends, <laughs> depends what my situation is, really. So, yeah, 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 makes sense. And would you do you think you'd perform better than, say, for example, the press ups? If it was a head to head, do you think that would spur you, or do you think that would distract you? I think that I, I don't think I no. I think it's better with that to go one on one. I think the press ups you'd be out of kilter. But for that level, I think it's better to be in your own mind. Do yeah. it. Um, I prefer to do it. I prefer to do it kind of on my own. And maybe maybe in the future, I'll learn some kind of hour long event like yeah. a sprint. Or whatever, but for me, the best opportunity, best way to do it is on my own moment, just in my own mind, doing it. Um, the distraction of someone else, I think it wouldn't help me at all. Definitely not. Last question I've got How many press ups do you actually have to do a day to train for in training in the lead up for that? Uh, so I, I won't do it every day. I do a training, I do a weight training on Monday, I do a run, a lot of running, a lot of sprint work. I do about two or three sessions a week, varying between more intense um, frequencies, about 20 minutes, about 45 minutes, an hour, um, at stand, a lower rate, 45 minutes before record pace, about three times a week. But that's a very, very quick overview. And what I can do is I can, um, I'll, I'll send you over a link soon. I'll, I'll do a post of the actual training process so people can look at it themselves. There's quite, I'd have to feature another hour to give you the full snaps of how I train. So it's quite complicated, but in, in, in short, about three times much. a week, I do press-ups. Just in case they do try and uh, give you the head-to-head, let's not give them too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll wait until I've done it. Then I'll be like, right, guys, I'll, I'll release a new book. I'll be like the annoying pop-up in a uh, website, you know? Doctors hate me, but I'm going to tell you the secret. <laughs> the secret behind the, the mechanics of, of a press-up. Uh, I said I'm not going to ask you any more questions. I lied. Because one thing I noticed speaking to you, you're very intelligent. You're not just obviously physically very capable. You're, you're, you're clearly very intelligent. I can tell it in the way, even just down to the way you've broke down what you're doing. What do you what do you read? What do you feed your mind? Do, what do you study? What how do you how do you develop your your intelligence? Uh, so I'm constantly reading. Like I read all the time. My friends always say to me, "Wow, James, you're you're always reading." I, I'm always reading something. I like I'm a I have a thirst for knowledge. Um, you know, like Socrates <laughs> said that you know the most intelligent person is a man who, who recognizes the ignorance. And I recognize I'm not, I'm far from the finished product. I love learning. Um, I love hearing people's perspectives. I wake up, I try to have as blank a state as possible of my opinions. And I just enjoy, um, I think that, I just think that, I, you know, I've got this opportunity. I, I, I brought up in, in the modern world, the internet. I've got the whole of human knowledge in my hand, you know, and I just think it's just a waste for me not to try and further myself and educate myself to, to a high degree. And I, I, I just enjoy the act of reading. And I think uh, today people get a real breadth of knowledge, like a real massive breadth of knowledge, but they lack depth to things. So they, they know everything, but at a very surface level. So you, you can't really critically analyze anything. You're just seeing something in one plane. Whereas I, I try and... I'm tr- I try and reduce my the, the, kind of the breadth and kind of focus on one caveat and just try and really explore the depth. 
and in, get an understanding of something thoroughly before I before I move on to something else. Um, that's how I kind of um, approach my, my my learning. I'm I'm always reading like uh, uh, development books, human psychology, history. I learn a lot from history. I learn a hell of a lot from history, historical figures. Um, and yeah, I just enjoy I, I enjoy the the process of learning. Like uh, my mom lives in Italy. There's not any internet there, so I always bring a book down and I'll read a book over weeks, a big, thick book, I'll read that, read it from cover to cover, and um, I have some great friends as well, and I like to connect with people who are really knowledgeable and can teach me a lot. So, yeah, that's kind of how I... I my, my ecosystem is it's one in which I, I grow. So that's, I think, another thing people uh, need to develop an ecosystem where they're surrounded by people who inspire them and digest information which helps them develop, not read the, the sun every day and not just... Yeah, you know, feed their brain bile, and mm. then they'll develop. Mm. Well, so leave us with a, a book recommendation. If we were to come away from here, what should we read? I say the one book you should read is The Fiftieth Law by Robert Greene, the Fifty Cent. And the reason why I like Robert Greene, like he he breaks things down. I don't know if you you probably heard of Robert Greene. Yeah, I've actually, uh, so yeah, I've actually um, yeah, done so the audio for that. Yeah, yeah. So he breaks things down in a way which is it's harsh sometimes, but you need to understand it. He's a, he's a realist. The 50th Law is a great book because it teaches you about self-reliance and independence and uh, how you should aspire to be an individual and how that struggle to be an individual is one which is very, very tough. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a worthwhile pursuit. And that only through uh, the pursuit of, of self-reliance do you really become a free free man you can be in chains but free if you are of the mindset of self-reliance if, you, if you're completely self-sufficient so that for me is a, is a great read and um, he uses he said as a case study of uh, his journey and I, I kind of i kind of base my my attitude to life off that book you know of, of not fearing death of of, of not fearing and um, failure of being um that's for me, and that's my, my recommendation. I really like that book, and it's helped. It's, I've read it several times. So, And, and also Meditations by Marcus Aurelius as well. That's a great book. Stoic, um, Roman Emperor, uh, really good book. Um, work of philosophy. They're two books I recommend to anyone who wants to kind of, uh, you know, read, get into my mind slightly. Awesome. James, thank you so much, so much for, for your no time. Worries, man. It's greatly appreciated. And uh, I really look forward to catching up very soon. Yeah, well, I'll come down to, you know, when you're around London, if you're doing another workshop, I'll, I'll definitely be keen to come down and, and see what you could, uh, who you can teach me, because I'm, I'm, I'm a blank slate, so uh, it's good to, good to kind of, uh, yeah, connect. Cool. Excellent. Mate, I look forward to it. Thank you very much.